Welcome to Ghostly. I'm Pat, and I have a bit of a cold. Oh, poor Pat. Poor me. Well, this is Rebecca. I do not have a cold. Well, that's good. Thanks. But you might after this episode. Uh-oh. Just so you know, it's like a little ghostly virus, I uh. think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this episode, we're going to be talking about Bachelor's Grove. And Bachelor's Grove is one of the most haunted locations in the Chicagoland area, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it may actually be one of the most haunted locations in the world. Bachelor's Grove is several ghost stories mixed with a very interesting history. And we've decided to break this down into several episodes. The first one, this one that you're listening to currently, will just be an overview where we will ask you, the listener, if Batcher's Grove is haunted. These episodes will not be back-to-back as there is way too much uh, research that needs to be done and too little time in between episodes. Well, and also it's super fun and I want to spread it out and we definitely need to go back. Yeah, we definitely will go back. Uh, Hopefully next time I don't have a cold when we go back. That would be good. Yeah. Um, So we will do an episode, though, on every single Batcher's Grove story in the future. And we definitely want to hear from you if you know any of those stories or have had any personal experience with any of those stories. Or I suppose Pat would also say if you've gone there and not had anything happen to you. Yeah, probably. Um, I'm going to put in a little disclaimer, though, during this episode, and I don't don't ever do this, but um, since we are talking about Batcher's Grove, listeners beware that Batcher's Grove is not for the faint of heart. So listen at your own risk, as you can't unlearn what you're about to hear. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. No, that was like Star Wars, I think. <laughs> you know what? Oh, I'm sorry. But before we get into Batcher's Grove, let's go over last episode's poll results. The last episode was about the Italian bride. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping that we could skip that part. No, no, we can never skip that part. It is the promise to the listener mm-hmm. unless they say it's haunted. Okay. Then, then we can skip it. Uh-huh. Then. All right. Well, poll results... For the Italian bride, of whether the Italian bride is a ghost or not, 67% say no. What? And 33% say yes. Ooh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right, I need some support, everybody. There's going to be a poll after this episode, too. So make sure you go out and vote. Yeah, and this one, I can't guarantee that the results are going to be similar to the ones that we just got. Okay, good. Um, how about, um, how about we do this? How about you give us a little, little broad view of some of the, uh, ghost stories that have happened at Batcher's Grove? Uh, absolutely. So I first just want to give a shout out to some of my main sources here. Of course, all of the links will be on our show notes in the library on our website. Um, first is bachelorsgrove.com. And then the path to bachelorsgrove.com and ghostresearch.org. Yeah, they're all really good sites. Really great sites with so much information. I mean, an encyclopedia is worth of 
knowledge. Yes. Like it's cra- it's crazy how much is out there. Uh, okay, so there are so many ghost stories associated with Bachelors Grove that, as Pat says, this episode is really just going to be more of an overview. We will definitely do deeper dives into the the um, the big Bachelors Grove stories at a later date. So, just want to give you the highlights. I would say, okay, the ghostly stories at Bachelors Grove. Like how I did that. I do. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, can be broken into two categories. There's kind of the non-human ghostly stories, and then the humany ghostly stories. So humany. Hu- yeah, that's that's my new word for today. Oh, hu- okay. Hu- humany. Humany. Because um, they're not really and like ivory. He- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm going to start with the non-humany stories. Okay, the ivory the, part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so some of the first stories that started coming out of Bachelors Grove, um, especially back in the 1970s, were of phantom cars. Ooh. So there are reports of people seeing cars pulled over on the side of the road on the Midlothian Turnpike right by Bachelors Grove. But then after they pass the car, when they look in the rearview mirror, the car is gone. Sometimes mm. they even like turn around to go back and it's, they can't find it. And sometimes they're like older cars too, right? Yeah. They always look a little old fashioned, yeah. the cars. And then there's also a story I heard uh, where a car like came out of the um, of the area and actually like hit a car that was passing by. But obviously it didn't actually hit because it was a phantom car. So it just passed through yeah. and then disappeared. She did. She did air quotes when she said I, hit. I did. I'm sorry. Yeah. You guys can't see that on a podcast. I should yes. say quote unquote. Um but I will say that those stories have kind of died off. Yes. Like those, we haven't, those, there haven't been new ones of those for a while. Well, you know, they do say that um, the history of Batcher's Grove, that uh, these ghost stories, they will pick up speed and then they will be dormant for a little bit. So this might be some of the dormant time of, of Batcher's Grove. Well, for the car one. Yes. One story, though, again, another non-human story. This is the most common the mo- I think, based on my research, to me, the mo- one of the most popular stories um, and one that hasn't died down, there are still people that talk about it or that claim this has happened to them today, is that of a phantom or vanishing house. So it's been sold since the 60s. Again, continues today. People claim to see a white house, usually two stories tall with columns. Wait, not the white house, though, No, right? no, just okay. a white house, yeah. Okay. And then there's some that have that say it's only one story tall. Uh, however, it disappears. It either happens when they, they try to go back to look at it or, like, bring somebody to be like, no, no, there's really a house here, and then there's nothing. Or when they try to walk closer to it, it slowly gets smaller and smaller. And disappears when they get there. Wow. There's one legend that several people told me, which was of someone who went inside the house. Then the house disappeared and the person was never seen again. Hmm. Mm. You know, I know there should be a missing persons report for that. I, I, yeah, we'll, that we'll one, talk about that more yeah, when we do say, that well, episode. I was just going to say, I could go on and on and on about these stories. There's yes. so many of them. Uh, and so I definitely want that to be... Uh, uh, one of the follow-ups we do because it's oh, course, so much to course. talk about with those stories. Okay, so then let's move on to the more human 
I guess, or people-focused ghost stories. So there's lots of reports of human ghost sightings at Bachelors Grove. The most famous is A Woman in White. Oh, another woman in white. <laughs> so this is three episodes in a row that we've, first of all, we've had cemeteries. Right. Second of all, woman in white. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to keep, keep up the, the streak, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, and sometimes this woman has an infant in her arms. Sometimes she does not. Um, she's also sometimes referred to as the Madonna of Bachelors Grove. There are a couple of photos, but one that is the most famous was taken in 1991 by the Ghost Research Society. And we will definitely have that posted on our website for you guys oh, yeah. to look at. Yes. Okay, there's many other stories, other photos of people, ghost sightings, often in the cemetery itself, but sometimes in the woods surrounding it. Uh, these are not just women, um, but also men and children uh, are part of those sightings. There's one more kind of people story that I want to mention, though this one definitely falls under the category of urban legend. Um, mm. Pat, did you ever hear the story about the man with the hook? Yeah, uh, he was on a ship, and um, there was this other this other person that was uh, trying to stay young forever, and uh, he would fly around, and then there was a crocodile with a clock or something like that, right? <laughs> Am I close? No, <laughs> no, that's Peter Pan. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, this one is the one about the couple that was in the car, and they hear the story of a deranged killer on the Ooh, loose. What were they doing in the car? He, uh, well, it was, you know, they were like, at a lover's boom. lane. Okay. Let's keep it PG, mister. It is definitely PG. Okay. I just I just like 70s music when I I'm see, in the car. I see. So anyways, um, they hear that there's a, a, a killer on the loose, and he has a hook for hand, and basically um, the girl gets really scared and insists that they drive away drive drive off and of course you know guy doesn't want to but eventually he agrees and when they get back home um when she gets out of the car she sees that there's a hook hanging from Ooh. her car door spoiler mm -hmm. alert well i actually heard that story told a couple different ways there's, but i've I'm heard not, it a couple different we're ways not going to do this in this episode no 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 though. sorry I, yeah we don't want to get too far off the, yeah. of the path but um what's interesting is that as i'm doing the research for this episode I kept coming across that story as people telling it happening at Bachelor's Grove. Mm. And you're going to tell us a little bit more about the history of Bachelor's Grove, which, you know, maybe yeah, the time absolutely. frame absolutely. for this. But um, I definitely think in the future we need to explore the Chicago connections to these urban legends a little bit more. No, absolutely we do. Yeah, just one last quick thing. Some other haunted happenings um, that happen at Bachelor's Grove is electronic devices not working cars stalling and then starting once they're pushed out of the area, dogs not wanting to go into the cemetery, and people hear voices and footsteps, but uh, no people. We saw a dog when we were there, and that dog seemed pretty happy. But they didn't go in the cemetery. Ooh, that's true. Mm. Okay, so um, I think you forgot one story, which is one of my favorite stories, is the double-headed monster. Oh, yes. Yeah, that mm -hmm. runs out of the lagoon and across <laughs> Midlothian Turnpike. Yeah. Yeah, that one. That one's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, we'll, we'll, we'll add that, that one's to really, our list. That one's really easy to debate. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, all right. I think it's time that we get into the history of Batcher's Grove. And the history of Batcher's Grove is very interesting, and in itself, it's a great debate. Mm. 
Some say that it was founded by a group of men that vowed to never marry, although all of them did. Uh, yeah, they didn't keep their vow. That's that's kind of a bad thing. Well, this, I think they were just bachelors this when they moved in. I don't know that they vowed not to marry. Uh, yeah, actually, the path to bachelorsgrove.com has documented proof of this, and it's in one of the one of the obituaries for somebody that died in there that they said that there was a vow and that they didn't keep it. Oh, yeah. So I tend to believe that one, but some people also believe. That the location was named after one of its first settlers, which were called the Batch Elders. Mm. It's all one word. I kind of split it up because I couldn't say the word all at one <laughs> well, time. Well, you see it spelled lots of different ways out Absolutely. there, too, which has led to confusion. Absolutely. So the first known settlers to this area date back to the 1820s. People moved to this area from the East Coast to start a new life with very cheap land that could be obtained. And sometimes the land was sold for a dollar an acre. Wow. Could you imagine that? Yeah. Well, maybe in 1820, though. Yeah. That was, I don't know how expensive that was. It was probably, you know, it was probably pretty expensive. But um, affordable. Yeah. I mean, depending upon who you are. I guess. In 1834, Stephen Rexford, he was one of the original residents of the area, one of the bachelors that agreed to this vow, uh, opened up a post office in the area, and it had the name Batcher's Grove. But it wasn't always called Batcher's Grove. Uh, for a short time in the 1850s, it was known as Bremen, which um, that's that's a pretty common name for around that area. The schools are named that and mm. stuff. So it does have uh, a long-lasting history there. But it was changed by the postmaster Samuel Everdeen. And it was short-lived, though, as a few years later, it was changed back to Batcher's Grove. And a few years after that, the settlement Batcher's Grove ceased to exist and was overtaken by the forest. Mm. Well, yeah. and I have read just really quick, too, that there there are other places in the country that have similar names like yeah. Bachelor yep. Hills or whatever. So it, it definitely gives more credence to that story than yes, I thought definitely. at first. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, the name Batch, Batch Elder and Batcher's Grove are both used in legal legal documents of this area. So gotcha. you will see both. Mm -hmm. So it really heightens the debate of where they got the name. Uh, the first recorded burial in Batcher's Grove Cemetery was in 1844, and that was Elza Scott. And this makes Batcher's Grove one of the oldest cemeteries in southern Cook County. Wow. Yeah. Um, we found out yesterday that... Um, there was a city cemetery that was around during that time as well mm -hmm. in Chicago. But this is this is southern Cook County. This yeah. is, you know, a good I mean, driving in an automobile, this is a good, you know, forty five minutes away from there, mm -hmm. I would say. Interesting too that the first person buried was a woman in Bachelor's Grove. Yeah, exactly. I like so it. I mean that's another reason for the debate, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it might not have been just a bunch of bachelors, but there is some documented proof that was in newspapers. So oh, I have to go with that. Yeah, yeah. The cemetery sits on one acre of land, and there have been an estimate of somewhere between 70 to possibly 100 to maybe even more burials there. Wow. Yeah, uh, they're finding more and more um, possibilities of, of um, burials there. Mm. But the last known burials took place in 1965 and was believed to be Laura McGee and Robert E. Shields. 
I believe both of their headstones are still intact in the cemetery. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the path that you walk along to get into Batcher's Grove uh, was once the main road to the area. So the cemetery wasn't always a quarter mile hike to get into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, nowadays it's, it's, it's a pretty easy walk. Uh, the path is pretty clear. When I went there originally, though, it was definitely not. Mm. Yeah. It was overgrown. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Batcher's Grove used to have its own dance hall. Going back to the dance hall from episode one. Oh, you know? there you go. Uh, or, Call back. Or it could have been a ballroom. Uh, they were called both in those days in the 1930s and 1940s. Wow. And as we already kind of said, many teenagers would use this area as a makeout spot because it was so secluded. Mm, when was that? Uh, you know, that was around that time between the 40s to the 60s. Um, and maybe even today. I was say, well, I know. Well, I know in the seventies. That's I've heard that uh, that there was a lot going on in the seventies. Yeah, definitely. It was always like that kind of area. As soon as they moved Midlothian Turnpike, hmm. in nineteen sixties, vandalizing uh, went to an all time high in Batchers Grove. During this time, gravestones were spray painted on knocked over, and even completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. Maybe even stolen. Did they go into the actual graves or just the gravestones? Uh, I believe that they did go into some of the graves itself because I have seen pictures of, of like dirt that was dug up. Wow. Yeah. But it wasn't until the fall of 2013 that the Forest Preserve District of Cook County really started taking over the maintenance of Batcher's Grove with the nudging of some of the great volunteers that are there. And we got to meet uh, three people that really um, helped take care of Batcher's Grove. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, we got to meet Carl, Wendy. They're from pathtobatchersgrove.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also got to meet Rich, which is um, a caretaker. Yes, definitely. Uh, I think self-appointed care, caretaker. But <laughs> He's great, though. He was great, and he took us all over Batcher's Grove. So as I was saying, my first time going to Batcher's Grove, this was my second time. It was very treacherous, and there were fallen trees along the path, and the terrain was not as even as it is today. It made it really hard to get to. It was really like an adventure going in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you really had to know which way to go mm-hmm. in order to find your way in there. Now, it's kind of easy. Yeah. This was in the 90s, though, and it's changed so much. I mean, one of the things that I noticed right away is that they're cutting the grass now. Yeah. It was overtaken by grass when I was there, and mm-hmm. you had to sift through the grass to see any any kind of headstones. Wow. Yeah. And I think they put the fence up that's there now. That was in 76, I believe. Okay. And then um, I wanted to mention to um, Pete... Crepia, I'm, I don't know for sure to pronounce his last name, but he is also somebody that we didn't meet him. We did we've, not meet We've him. heard a lot of stories about how much research he did yes. and how much work he did to help clean everything up and, and keep a good record of it. And we, his website has been one of the ones that we've used for this episode. What was the name of his website again? Um, that His is actually just bachelorsgrove.com. Ooh, he was lucky to get that name. Yeah, huh? he stole that name. No, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was very quick on the draw and got that name. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I don't know. I think I need a break before we go on, because the next part of what we're going to do is a little bit more personal. We're going to talk about our experience. Yeah. 
Can't wait. Yeah. So we'll see you guys in a minute or two. Hey there, True Believers. This is David Hickney, host of Freak of the Week. We're coming back. Season 2, October 26th. Some of the things we're going to talk about this season. Aliens. Public television ghosts. The Squirrel Lord. The Mole People who have my wife, Sheila. If you talk to them, tell them I'm coming for them. So join me. And yes, my sister Elizabeth Marin is going to be back. Join us both. October 26th. Freak of the Week Season 2 out there, True Believers. All right, welcome back. And now we're going to talk about our experience. So we went to Batcher's Grove. It was a Friday. It was Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was also a full moon. Yes. I don't know if you were aware of that. I was not aware of that. That's awesome. Yeah. And although we weren't out there at night, we did stay there until it started to get dark. Definitely, yeah. It's it's not open at nighttime without special police permission. Yeah, and for some reason the police don't really recognize ghostly as authorities. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they will soon. Someday. Yeah. So before we went out to explore Batcher's Grove, it's important that we let you know that we asked a paranormal investigator named Holly. She's with the Paranormal Illumination Society. We asked her for some idea of what to look for. Because, I mean, we've been to these sites and I never notice anything. Right. Well, and also just like how to approach it. Like what should we be paying attention to? And how to be safe too. Right. Absolutely. And well, here's what she said. I have a question Mm. too. Um, So we're about to go to this place called Bachelor's Grove, which is a cemetery over here that's uh, really old. And um, I've heard... Pretty much everybody I've talked to, you know, said that they that they've had some kind of experience there. Is there mm-hmm. anything in particular that you think we should look for when we go to something like this? I would say the biggest thing I would pay attention to is your own body. Okay. You know, if it's if it's below freezing outside and you're out there, you're gonna get cold. Yeah, I'm thinking it might be because mm-hmm. it's it's really cold, like right now. So this mm-hmm. is a week from now. So yeah. Oh yeah. So it's just going to be as cold, if not a little colder. Yeah. So, uh. so yeah. Pay attention to that. Um, I've experienced when it's cold that all of a sudden you get, for lack of better words, hot flashes. Hmm. Oh. When there is no reason why you should be. Yeah. Um. Pay att- I would say the biggest thing is pay attention to that kind of stuff. Okay. Pay attention to how you feel. All right. As the skeptic here, I have a really difficult time with this episode because there were events that happened when we were at Batcher's Grove. Yep. Uh, I, will, I will acknowledge that there were events. <laughs> now, yeah, they might be able to be scientifically explained. Hmm. Um, so... One of the events that we had, so let me walk you through what we did. We went into Batcher's Grove. We walked around the cemetery for like a couple minutes. And we spotted some people uh, off in the distance. And I went to go talk with them. Uh, Rebecca, um, <laughs> she, she stayed and looked at um, the headstones. But I knew you were going to make friends with those people immediately. Oh, yeah. But right when we got to Batcher's Grove, I I really have to say, uh, Holly was talking about listening to your body. And and I got to say that I really was um, 
for lack of better terms, fuzzy brained hmm. when I walked in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happened immediately when I walked in the cemetery, not when we were walking down the path. Okay. It's like the more I saw of the cemetery, the mm-hmm. more I felt that. And immediately when I went to go talk to these people that weren't in the cemetery, they were outside, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to go away. Wow. Yeah. So it was just right in that cemetery area. Yeah. Well, I had a similar experience um, when I went in there. Uh, I was just kind of walking around, taking pictures. And then it was like, for me, it wasn't my head. It was my arms. Yeah. I felt it wasn't a chill. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It was just that kind of like you're I mean, I was wearing a coat and a sweater and a sweatshirt and all sorts of stuff because it was cold. But it was if my arm, my hair could have stood up, I think that's what it would have been like. It was just kind of that like just tingly kind of feeling. And again, it was disassociated from any other part of my body. And and again, there's other times where I was cold. It wasn't that. And it was only when we were in the cemetery, when we went to explore other parts, I didn't feel it at all. Yeah. And then uh, we eventually went back into the cemetery and I noticed the same response. Yep. Me too. Yeah. It was kind of weird. And listening to my body, I would say that there there was something there. Um, now, me being the skeptic, I'm going to say that it wasn't necessarily a ghost or anything paranormal. Um, but to me, I really felt like like being in that particular environment, I felt an energy. Yeah. Well, I would definitely call it an energy. Now, for me, I would say that because it's the cemetery, I think it's definitely energy of people who have passed that are disturbed, that graves have been disturbed and so much that has gone on at that cemetery. Uh, we haven't even gone into half of the stuff that's oh, happened no, at no. that cemetery. No. Um, and, you know, to me, all of that leaves uh, an energy um, that you can feel if you just pay attention to it. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was because it was a cemetery or, you know, maybe that particular location, maybe um, because there wasn't as many trees there. Maybe the sun was hitting me in a different way. We are um, on a keto diet. So, you know, my fuzzy brain could easily be because I needed some kind of calories in me. Well, you also have a cold. Yeah, I, I have a cold too. I mean... See, I make your arguments for you so sometimes. So fuzzy brain mm-hmm. is is kind of acceptable. <laughs> but so, okay, so I went off and I talked with Carl and Wendy from um, the Path to Batchers Grove.com. And uh, they were really great people. And in the middle of the interview, I kind of got interrupted by you and some of the other people in our group. We brought along uh, my friend, Mike, Mike Morrissey, mm-hmm. and my cousin, Frank Pearson, mm-hmm. and his daughter, Tiffany. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, while, he, while you were talking to um, Carl, Carl and Wendy. sorry, and Wendy, I and uh, Mike Morrissey met and Tiffany met... Uh, rich. Yes. And he is the self-appointed caretaker <laughs> of it. And he, uh, he grew up right by Bachelors Grove and spent a lot of time there as a kid yeah. and then came back as an adult. And he's been there since 1963. Yeah. And, and he knows it. Yeah. And he, he, he goes out there at least twice a week. Yeah. He said, Anyway, so we came over by you guys. Yeah, so yeah, and uh, they interrupted the interview to say that they were going to 
take us in uh, rich the caretaker was going to take us into the woods to see the remnants of some houses that were there Mm -hmm. which is a a thing you do at batcher's grove so i was excited to go uh, I did not have time actually to to say no to this because nope, because I, we just left. <laughs> yeah, you guys just left, and I was stuck there. So uh, yeah, I followed, and so the <laughs> the path to find this during the summer would have been fine. You know, I wouldn't have had any problems, but it was slightly muddy out. Uh, there were so many leaves; mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. And um, Rich was incredibly fast. Yes. He um, like we had to climb over logs and go under logs and trees. And we did not follow super clear paths. No, I no. mean, they were sort of paths, but not really. I think he was winging it. I really do. No, I, mean, I think he knew exactly where he was going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, we got to see some uh, remnants of houses. We we crossed a creek mm-hmm. and I got wet. Yeah. And we had to cross the creek to get back. Yep. And that was just as I was drying up. So I got wet again. Yeah. And which isn't good for someone that has a cold towards the end of November, (laughs) but you're skipping over. I am. And I did that on purpose. I I am going to go back. Mm -hmm. So after we saw a couple of the remains of houses, there was a, there was a few places that we went to go visit. Mm -hmm. And, um, as we were, um, leaving the second one, I believe we were on our way back at that point. No, we were on our way to the second one. We were on our way to the second one. Okay. Or I heard it on the way to the second one and on the way back. Okay. Well, I heard it um, on the way back. Okay. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was already like 20 minutes, 30 minutes into our mm. voyage out into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So... Uh, I have some audio of this, actually, that was recorded. It's not the best audio. As you have to remember, we are walking through leaves, so many leaves. It's unbelievable. Um, Because, yeah, I guess nobody goes in there and rakes up the leaves. I I guess not. (laughs) There should be people in the woods that rake up the leaves. (laughs) Maybe we can get the finish to come over and rake our leaves. So here is the the short bit of audio and then we will explain what we what we perceived that we that we heard Right, so that was the noise. So, um, Rebecca, what did you think it was? Honestly, or what did it sound like? It to sounded you? like a door. It did it, sound it, like it, a door. It sounded like a creaking door. I can't explain. Like, so one of the things that I wanted to say about my experience there being in the woods is how quiet it was for being in the woods. I mean, yeah. I, I know it's November, but I mean, around here, there's still squirrels, there's still birds, there's still. You know, animals around and there's, there's just, you know, I've been in lots of forest preserves and I, there's just usually a lot more noise. And other than us disturbing the leaves, there just wasn't a lot of noise. I mean, you could hear cars in the background from far away, but there's really quiet there. And then this noise comes and it's so clear just like, and, and it wasn't, the source was not clear. 
Like I couldn't see the source, yeah. at least not right away. And um, it was, and just, it took Mike and Tiffany and I just by surprise. We were, and just all of us were like, did you hear, do you hear that? You know, it was very yeah. crazy. Well, I did see some rabbits whenever I heard one of those noises. So oh. I saw three rabbits. I, I heard three things rustling off in the other distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did see something. So I'm not, that isn't the part that freaks me out. What, what, what did freak me out a little bit was that, was the creaking sound. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It was just, it stood out because everything was so quiet is what I'm It was. And the audio does not do it justice no. at all. It was really loud. And it didn't sound natural. It sounded more like a door. Yeah. Um, now I believe it was the tree that was close by us, I believe it was moving and causing that kind of uh, noise. Now, uh, to make to make that make sense, you have to realize that these woods are pretty much untouched. Yeah, they're um, not kept up. No, not at all. And there are trees that have fallen. Mm-hmm. Those are the trees that we climbed over. Those are the trees that we had to go under, mm-hmm. all those things. Um, and there were also trees that fell on other trees. Mm-hmm. That were supported by these trees. I believe that is what we heard is uh, the wind picked up and it moved this tree and the tree was creaking. I don't know, though. It was just what was weird to me is that it started. And then once we went past, I mean, it was just stopped like so quickly. It didn't fade for me. It just yeah. stopped. Yeah, it did. But uh, that could be that we moved far enough away. And the wind maybe stopped catching it in the same way. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But um, definitely I felt that it was spooky. But I don't, of course, believe that that was <laughs> a ghost per se. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, why don't you tell us about what we discovered when we got home? I was just going to say. So this was still also when we were out in this area, I was taking a lot of, of photos. and I made her do that. Yes. <laughs> well, I wanted to do it too. Yeah. Um, so I took a lot of pictures. And so when I came home, I wanted to take a closer look at them because we we all know that sometimes when you take photos, you don't necessarily see everything, especially things that have a spiritual energy to them. So I wanted to, to look at the, the photos. And I have three photos that I took of the same view. And I, I didn't notice this the first time looking through, but, um, the second time, uh, up in the upper right hand corner, there is something, something that is very odd. Um, eye popping, eye catching once you see it. Yeah. It looks, it looks metallic. It looks metallic, but when you try to zoom in on it, you really can't see exactly what it is. And it's just weird. It's it's way up high in a tree. Like, I mean, I don't even know how anyone could climb up there to put it there. But it, what, a squirrel is cl- climbing up there and putting something? Like, it's really odd. Yeah. And It looked like a Christmas ornament. It, sort of, but I sort mean, of not. I mean, it was not. the exact color red where it would be a Christmas ornament That's, looking yeah. thing. And it was metallic-ish, shiny looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't look like an orb, like a but, normal orb. But here's the part that I found even more interesting about your photo is that you took three Mm -hmm. and they were all about the same spot. Mm -hmm. And in two of them, you would see this red thing. And in one of them, you didn't. Nope. It was gone. Yeah. um, But it didn't look like an orb. 
Like, you no, know, you see pictures of orbs. Real. Yeah. This, yeah, this looked like it was actually a physical thing mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. I, but just like this weird, unnatural red. I just, I can't yeah. place it. And I, I don't have, remember seeing it. I have a lot of trouble trying to explain this. Although I do feel that there, there has to be a scientific explanation for this that, that is simpler than believing that this is a ghost or something like that. Yeah, well, well, I'm going to post these photos out on our website and I absolutely want you to debunk me, right? Please, yeah. please, listeners, go out there, look at my photos and figure it out for me. This, this prove to me so that I'm not freaking out that I took this photo of some weird hmm. metallic red object. Um, and Maybe it was a UFO. I, that's what I just had that mm-hmm. thought. I don't even know. But so yeah. we could even post a poll that has the picture. Ooh, I like it. Where they could say, you know, whether or not they believe that this is a sign of haunting mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. I like so, it. So yeah, that was, that was our experience out there. And yeah. it was very, very interesting. I, you know, I got to say that uh, I felt some kind of energy there. Uh, I, you know, it, it does not make me a believer. I, I am not going to say now I believe in ghosts because I have witnessed proof of there being a ghost, but I have had a freaky day out in the woods with a guy that was going so fast that he almost left us behind in the woods. <laughs> I was more worried about being left behind in the woods mm. and not being able to find my way back. <laughs> okay, well, I think that means it's time for us to get into the great debate. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? I, I guess. I thought we were already debating. No, no, no. This is not the debate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so what the debate will be about is, is Batcher's Grove, Grove really haunted? Mm. Because we cannot do it based upon, is the Madonna real? Mm-hmm. Is the Hookman real? Is the two-headed monster real? Which I'm sure he was. <laughs> that was the one thing I'm sure of, is yeah. that there is a two-headed monster out there. Um, but we are going to just be debating, is Batcher's Grove really haunted? Well, I actually think we can debate those stories and we will on future episodes but for this episode it's just a general is yes it oh yeah i mean we will debate those okay I just i'm not make saying that, that clear. we will not debate yeah. those we will debate those but, but we don't um, have enough information not right at now this time. right not at this time yeah so um before we get too far into the debate mm-hmm. i am going to play some of the audio of me talking to carl and wendy oh great yeah, it was really, really interesting. So here it is. Any particular stories that that you guys oh, yeah, that you guys relate to personally? Like, um, there's the woman in white, right? Is what do something? we relate to? We've which, had our own. Which is your favorite? Uh, we've had our own personal experiences here. <laughs> yeah. Um, photograph of the woman in white on the stone. I tend to believe it's real. Um, don't have no reason not to. There's a little couple stories behind it. If someone said they were here when it was taken, and then he said he wasn't here when oh, it wow. was taken. So somebody had to be done. They're <laughs> persons of their group, Judy, Felice, Huff. Um, but about that photo, anything here is possible. But I saw something with five other witnesses that I think would be considered the Madonna. 
Oh, really? This was a live apparition seen by six people, three friends, me and two friends and three other people. Wow. And that was July 4th, 2016. We were sitting along this fence here, the north end fence, watching the gate. Saw something walk in and some of the other kids that we didn't know went, look. And we all went, shh. And um, the apparition came in. About 20 feet hung right around the two fir trees there, came back out, went out the gate. Uh, I described it as a wide, whiter gown, uh-huh. fluffy sleeves and shoulders, and didn't have much of a head. We all saw it, and then recently we had a visual arts photo show at the Vote House, Catherine Vote House okay. in Stanley Park. Yes. Yeah. And I went in there, and there was a photo of Catherine Vote and five others, and I went, who was that? She went, Catherine Vote. And I went, that's the person I basically saw. Wow, that that's crazy. And that's one of the candidates for the Madonna that has lost a child that's buried here. The infant child. And yeah. she isn't buried here. She's married to one of the Fultons, Bertrand Fulton, I believe, okay. which is buried here. So, Rebecca, what did you think of what Carl said? It really struck me. I mean, he, one of the things that he said um, about his own experiences and, you know, that it's, it wasn't just for him, it's not just based on, you know, hearing about other people's experiences, though that is a big part of it, but it's also what he's seen himself. And, and I, um, he talks about how people are drawn back to come back to Bachelor's Grove and that if you're drawn back, um, there's, there's something there. And, and, and there was something, I don't remember if this was in the interview that we were able to play. Um, but he said something about that you have to let it seep into you that if you really want to experience something, you, you have to come back and you have to spend, do your time kind of, oh, yeah. you know, yep. and I keep thinking we were there for two hours and had, not extreme paranormal experiences, but enough that it was it was interesting and you kind of want more. And I want to go back and see if I can see what's in that tree. And I want to go back and see if I feel the same feeling. And so there's just this part of me that says there must be something in this place if we we were there for two hours and already experienced a few things. Like I can only imagine what's going to happen if we go back. Um, and I think too, you know, when we talk to people about, um, hauntings in Chicago, every single person has this uh, bachelor's grove story or know someone that has a bachelor's grove story and it's very personal to them. And I think that it just says a lot. There's just so much evidence with that to me that there is something going on there um, that people keep being drawn back to it that um, they, they have these personal stories. Um, and it's not just about the one photo that one person took once. I mean, that's big, but that isn't the only thing that we have. It's more than that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, if I would agree with what you're saying there, uh, first of all, I don't, I don't believe what we saw could not be explained by science. And that is my stance in that. Um, science can explain 
the you know the sounds that we heard of the tree creaking um science can explain how still everything was um this is the dormant time of the year this is when uh, animals are most in their dormant state and um you know as i said i did hear noises but i saw little bunny rabbits that were running around so uh i can explain that part of it with science yeah i don't know if i necessarily agree with what you're saying on that and that's that's always going to be the case when it comes to these kind of stories i believe so you've looked online and uh, we've seen a bunch of pictures where they're like, look, there's a person right here. And they circle that person. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? I think it depends. I yeah. think sometimes it seems more legitimate where you really can see um, something that looks like a person or a figure. Uh, sometimes I have to say, I'm just kind of like, is that just an owl or maybe just a tree that mm. looks a little funky? But um, but there's the, the, the picture of the woman um, sitting on the headstone is pretty pretty clear. Yeah, I don't know. It does not look legit to me. Um, but here's what I'm going to say, too is that there is a lot of pictures of um of Batcher's Grove uh it's it's woods and when you take a picture looking out into the woods if you want to see something you're going to you're going to see something like when i go into the bathroom and there's tiles up in the bathroom uh i always um try to find faces and um, different characters in in those tiles. And I always, always can find that. And it's not paranormal that, that makes me be able to find it. It is my mind wanting to see what it, what it wants to see. Yeah, but you don't think that the tiles are ghosts, though, right? Um, no. Okay, just making sure. I mean, I mean, not here. Maybe, maybe at Chet's Melody Lounge. Maybe <laughs> there was a couple there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I'm going to have to say that I, that picture of the woman in white, to me, it, there's a lot of white in that picture. It looks like they've edited that picture in some way hmm. or either that, or it's a camera that only records, you know, like grays and whites because there's no color in the picture at all. So they've obviously edited that. If this is, um, and it could have been done in the seventies when black and white photography was more, was more prominent. It was 91, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they had access to color cameras and color film and, and I just, it was edited in some way. And therefore scientifically, my mind says, oh, okay, well, if it was edited in one way, it could be edited in more ways. Mm -hmm. So that's... That's basically how I can explain the images then. Gotcha. Well, like I said, for me, it's not just about the image. Yeah. You know, there is, it's just the personal stories. And, you know, when people talk about the house, you know, they'll, they'll say like, oh, you know, like, um, I think Carl talks about this on his website that someone came to him and said, you know, oh, who's, whose house is that? Or what house is that? And he's like, wait, what house are you talking? There's no house. And they wouldn't believe him that there wasn't actually a house there. And they had to go and show them like, no, there's no house here. And these were people from another country. It wasn't that they had heard the stories and they came there looking for the vanishing well, of house. Of course they heard the stories. Why would they be in this cemetery in the middle of the woods if they didn't hear a story about it? 
<laughs> well, they hadn't heard the story of the house. Uh, there's no proof of that. There's no proof that they never heard these stories. But um, is is that going to be one of your last points in the debate? I don't know. Are okay. we ready for our last points? Well, no, hold on. I mean, I, I do have one last point okay. that um, kind of covers everything in the debate. So All I right. want to make sure that you're done with I'm, your side. I'm ready. Let's hear it. Okay. So when we were there, we saw four people, mm-hmm. um, three of which we made we made contact with. The other one, I, I never got to really speak with him, so I, I can't speak for him. Out of these three people... Mm-hmm. And these people go there a lot. Um, Carl and uh, Wendy, um, they've been going there since 2013, so five years. And uh, they've been going there weekly. Mm -hmm. Carl has seen some stuff, he said. Wendy said that she's never seen anything, although she has had some problems with her video cameras Mm -hmm. and stuff. And she's heard footsteps. Yeah. So she says she hasn't seen anything, but then she does talk about experiences. Well, she, I mean, she did not say that to me in particular. Mm. And Rich, Rich, the, um, you know, the caretaker, the self-appointed caretaker of Mm -hmm. Batcher's Grove, he's been going there since 1963. He goes there twice a week. Mm-hmm. He's never seen anything. I, I I can back that up. He he fla- he laughs at the very idea that there yeah. is anything. He says there's just stories upon stories, but they are not based in reality for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's interesting. I that's it is that is interesting. And there's just this weird part of me that feels like the cemetery has decided that Rich is the caretaker and therefore they don't touch him. They don't approach him. That like he needs to stay pure of that. And that's how he's able to be there and and do that. And that that's the reason that he's never had any experiences there. I mean, it's it's odd because everybody else, even Wendy, who says that, she's a skeptic and, 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 you know, hasn't had the same experiences that Carl's had. We'll still talk about little things that have happened to her. We had little things happen to us. So it seems a little weird that Carl hasn't had anything or sorry, Rich hasn't had anything. And so I just, I I don't know, that's just my little theory and I I don't have any basis for it. Um, But I, it just seems weird to me that he hasn't had anything. And well, yeah, I mean, maybe it is that, the cemetery opens itself up to people that want to see these kind of things. Mm. And um, if you really go there often and you want to see something, uh, I think the chances of you seeing something is a lot greater. And that is not a very good controlled scientific experiment then. Very true. Uh, If there was this um, huge paranormal activity there, don't you think we would have scientists there all the time? trying to um, pick through and research every single thing. And we do have um, some scientists, but they are on the side of paranormal investigations. If you call yourself a paranormal investigator, that means that you're open to that concept. Mm-hmm. And therefore, in, in an experiment, that you wouldn't be the best choice of, of uh, people. And this is weird. As we are talking, uh-huh. uh, the lights are flickering. <laughs> yeah, I was so. like, did something just happen to my eyes? Well, I would say this too, though. Most scientists don't research 
um, this because it's not, they don't consider it a legitimate form of science. They can't really get a lot of funding for it. So I wouldn't necessarily expect there to be a lot of scientists there. Um, I think, you know, it's up to, it's up to the audience, right? They're going to have to just listen to what we're saying and, and, and decide for themselves. And I, and I think it might even be something that, that over time, as we do more of these episodes, uh, we'll see yeah. how, how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's time for a very new segment on the show, mm-hmm. and we are calling it Closing Arguments. Ooh. It's a new segment that we decided to add to the show, and each person will be given exactly one minute. <gasps> so that means you can't comment over what I'm saying. Okay. Um, and we're not debating each other's, um, closing argument. Okay. Okay. Um, you have one minute to wrap up their story and leave you with the last impression before you, the listener go vote. If you think Batcher's Grove is haunted, all voting is done on our website, which is ghostlypodcast.com. What was that? Ghostlypodcast.com. Oh, ghostlypodcast.com. Oh, Mm -hmm. good. Because if you say it three times, it sticks in people's minds. There you go. Good. That's science. Science. Okay. Um, So I am going to take out my phone. Okay. You're going to be the official timer. For you, I am. Okay. Uh, And then I'm going to have to time me then. Okay. All right. So, but you get to go first. (gasps) As they say, ladies first. Thank you. All right. Are you ready, Rebecca? Yes. All right. I am starting now. All right. I believe that Bachelor's Grove is haunted. And I believe this because of all of the experiences that others have had there and all the experiences that I have had there. I've never felt the way that I felt when I was in the cemetery there. I've never had an experience like that. I, I in future episodes, we may talk about some of the experiences that I have had, but that particular one, that feeling that I had is one that I've never had before. And so adding that to that statistic of how many people are drawn to this place, love this place, whether they've seen anything or not, they are just drawn back to it. The eerie quiet, the unnatural quiet that doesn't sound like a forest, forest was so unnatural and spiritual and beautiful was amazing. And for me, it just speaks volumes about what energy is there. (gasps) All right. Your time is officially up. Okay. Now I need to just stop this timer because it keeps going. All right. Are you ready to time me? I am ready to time you. Are you ready to go? Yes, I am. Let me know when you are ready. Okay. And start. I have very mixed feelings about Batcher's Grove. Probably to everyone's surprise. Uh, Holly told us to listen to our bodies. And if I listened to my body at the time, I was a little foggy brained. Could that be a sign? I'm not sure. Could science explain this? Yes, absolutely. Out of several people that we have spoken to, the large majority have said that they have never seen anything there. Carl and Wendy told us that Batcher's Grove was, has a positive and negative energy, and I definitely felt this. As a skeptic, though, this can all be explained by the idea that we were on an adventure into an unknown and sort of um, crazy experience that bonds people together. This can also separate people, though, that have opposing points of view. My belief is that Batcher's Grove is not haunted. It's just a very special place. 
and that's it. Okay. Two, one. Okay. You made it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think that wraps up our episode here. Yay. Um, I would like to say that we've been doing really good getting reviews on iTunes, and I really appreciate that. That is helping us out tremendously. We've had a lot of new fans on our Facebook page and a lot of new subscribers. Yes. And welcome to those new subscribers. Mm-hmm. Um This is a huge episode for us, and it will be as we go forward with Bachelors Grove in more debates. We need your help in getting this information out. So please, you know, just go on iTunes, just hit that, hit the stars, whichever one you feel is, is appropriate, Mm -hmm. five stars. (laughs) Um, And, you know, just let us know what you think of this. And you can also rate us on Facebook. Absolutely. And uh, and like us on Facebook. Yes, Because then please. you'll be caught up with, you know, everything, know what's going on. We have lots of pictures. Yes. Lots of behind the scenes, everything that gets posted out there. Also on Instagram, yeah. Ghostly Podcast. And on Twitter. And on at Twitter. Ghostly Podcast. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways you can contact us. You could email us. You can go to the website. Uh, our email address is info at ghostlypodcast.com. If you want to just talk to me, if you're a skeptic and mm-hmm. you want to get your skeptic word out, you can email me at pat at ghostlypodcast.com. And if you're a believer, you can contact, or anyone can contact me. You can uh, please contact me either way. Uh, but I'm at Rebecca at ghostlypodcast.com. And, you know, take a look at my photos. I want you to prove what that is. I want to know. So please take a look. If you're one of those people that has some sort of special software that can really analyze photos, I would love for you to do that and tell me what you find. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our Bachelors Grove overview. That is a, that's a lot to say at one time. Bachelors Grove overview. Bachelors Grove (laughs) overview. Um, But we will see you next time. Can't wait.